really easy to sit here on our woke thrones in 2021 and say that's bullshit that's bad um but if i heard that in 2010 like i'll just be honest and i'll i'll take the brunt of this um i probably would have laughed at that response as a gamer as a guy uh, he made yeah, a joke, imme- yeah. immediately coming back and saying what magazine would you want to walk out of like that's witty that's funny and that's just that's just the guy culture joke that it would have been yeah you know it i think it's i too. think it's disingenuous to pretend that we wouldn't have um but that just shows how ingrained all this is and has been for years Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Emergent Gamer Podcast, episode 305. I'm one of your hosts, Trip Zero. I'm here with Lock and Key. Yo, what's going on, everybody? And Neo Ayoshi. It's Neo. That's me. That's him. And Felix Hergood is off tonight with Neo Ayoshi running the show. Neo, thank you for setting this up. Thanks for getting it all together. Looks good. Sounds great from the people that are in our Twitch chat. If you don't know, we uh, broadcast live when we record on twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer. I was about to say my name, my own personal (laughs) Twitch. I was about to plug that, sneak the plug in the very beginning. Twitch.tv slash emergent underscore gamer. Every Wednesday night, we record. Um, Also, our YouTube channel, find it and subscribe for all of the good stuff coming out there. You got daily reset, you've got recaps of the show, you've got uh breakouts all kinds of stuff so please subscribe um guys we're going to talk about us for sure but uh we're going to unpack blizzard on this episode because it's it's been it's just been like we call the episode a slow motion car crash mm-hmm. right first couple of days first week or whatever it was just like a sad story of of more corporate misogyny and 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 at this point they're just handling it so poorly that it's it's spiraling so we're going to talk about it um but first who's up to what have you guys been gaming um i can get me out of the way really quick because i do want to talk about what Locke has been up to because some mm. jelly that i didn't get to to join in on the on that fun but that's a good point we'll, so we'll save live we'll vicariously save through Locke. yeah mm-hmm. um but uh over the weekend i played a game called Plague's Tale Innocence. Oh, I've mm. heard many very good. Oh, things nice. nice. So yeah, that was that was offered for free on PlayStation Network. I think this past month it was one of those free uh, plus games. It was, um, yeah. And I, I'm not that far into it. I I played pretty much like the beginning of the game. But That's all I got through too. It's so far. It's it's pretty cool. I I would definitely consider continuing it. Um, very much a heavily stealth oriented game and i think a lot of a lot of the focus in the game is the characters and the story of what's happening in the world it pretty much takes place mm-hmm. in i don't know like a uh, old-timey france i don't i don't know what time period i it would possibly be it's i don't want to say like middle are ages. there light That's, bulbs or are there candles in lanterns i want to say candles in lanterns okay yeah um okay very old old france and it takes place during the plague i guess or of or a fictional version of the plague because when you make your way through the beginning of the game you slowly realize that 
things are happening in in your town in your world that are kind of killing everything and you know this game was uh when it was advertised that it showed you a bunch of rats that are flowing around and very dangerous i haven't gotten that far yet but so far all they've taught me is like not seen the rats not seen the swarms of rats yet no but um the game in the beginning teaches you how to use stealth and sneak around like uh like guards and stuff and like mm-hmm. all that stuff you throw things to like distract them and you you take care of your little brother in the game and that's pertinent to the story for reasons go ahead 1348 is the year is when the game takes I just, place I, I looked it up right now yeah perfect that's that's real easy uh thank you um so yeah definitely not light bulbs those are definitely those are no light bulbs for sure not those um are the candles. but overall really fun time um i will Maybe you'll hear me talk about it more if I continue to dive into it. But other than that, game's beautiful. I'm playing it on the PS5. Um, it is gorgeous. It looks pretty good on it. The sequel say. comes out soon, too. Yes. Yeah, they announced that. I don't know when the release date for that game is. but I thought it was soon. Maybe it was just an announcement. They did announce it. They did announce it. I don't know if so there's that, anything that might have been what it was. Yeah, ambiguous okay. 2022 is all we've gotten so far. Okay. Yeah, the game looks beautiful. Like when I watched it, when I got the trail, when I saw the trailer for it, I immediately bought it on Steam. And then, of course, it's in Game Pass, too, which is quite unfortunate. But mm-hmm. uh, I did the same thing, Neo. I fired it up and played the intro and then um, lost track of it. And I've always, like, every time I see it, I'm like, God, I got to go back and play that just because I've heard good things about the story as a whole. It's one of those, like, games where you don't have to invest a lot of time and you just walk away with, like, a really good story. You know, it's not like... Yeah, it reminds me of, like, Senua's Sacrifice, the Hellblade. Yeah, Hellblade, yeah. yeah. It's except, a, it's a really it's a really good parallel to that. Yeah, ex- I I don't think combat is a focus of this game. I think it really mm-hmm. the game is going to be all about avoidance and like stealth and just getting through areas to continue the story and see how that plays out. Which I'm okay with. I like when a game decides to take me on a ride in its own way, like a combat. And we've had this discussion on the podcast before. Combat does not have to be a focus in order for it to be good for a game to be good and true 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 um sometimes i just want to like you know maybe just sneak around and then get a little movie played for me maybe that maybe that's what i want you know but (laughs) yeah that's what that's what i'll pretty much the only new game i've been playing right now um cool so yeah trip uh did you have anything um i can talk a little bit about final fantasy 14 i'm Mm. still very very deep into that we we all are, um, all of us are playing that there's right a now. Lot, yeah, yeah, a lot of us have kind of been uh, exploding with the the general community. Um, my, wait, before you start, my yeah. favorite thing has been logging on and seeing everyone in the voice chat, and just being like, "Yo, we raiding right now?" and just hopping in. And being oh like, yeah, you want, we doing some we doing yeah. some raids, and it's fun having a full party of people to do these things with. It makes it a lot more engaging than just like playing with randos. Like I yeah, I love I think, that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was actually it was Sunday um that a lot of us hopped in we're just sitting in voice doing our own little missions or whatever and it's like let's do some of these like old raids you know like we had enough people we had eight or like nine people in a voice chat which is just insane just kind of casually playing this game and all of us like uh if not at the end end game like high enough to hop in to like the match made raids so we had our groups we had um i think we did the we did Wait, we did Crystal Tower and we did and the we did the Coil of Bahamut. Yeah. One of the early raids. Uh but has a really like a really deep tie into the story. Um like the original story. Like it tells the story of why the world was destroyed for a realm reborn. 
kind of. So it's cool mm, to do. That's cool. Um, and we did it just on level. So we were like overpowered for some things, uh, but it was still cool to like, you know, see mechanics and kind of work with them and just like just burn through this quest line with a bunch of friends. We spent a couple hours doing it and that was very, very cool. That's sweet. Um, what level what level do you need what's on what is what's level for for those for raids? um you get to your first 50. one it's the 50 level 50s, i think yeah. yeah yep okay and actually what they did for the main story quest they made uh there's a raid series about the crystal tower which is another story in the game they mm-hmm. made that storyline and those raid quests mandatory like you can't get to heaven's word without playing that raid and that quest line that ties into it Oh wow! It's easy so to queue into. Kind of lock you in. I skipped that because it just when I went through the original story years ago. So whenever I finished Stormblood, the game was like, "Hey, Shadowbringers is next." Like literally, this is a message that popped up, and it said, <laughs> "You should probably play these quests. It'll enhance oh, your understanding wow. of the story." It wasn't like you That's have to, cool. but it's like you would appreciate playing these. We see it you haven't. Check these out. I was like, "Oh, okay." That's cool. a good so thing for the game to do, considering how much content is in it. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot of stuff. Um, I am very, very close to finishing Shadowbringers, at least the base story of Shadowbringers. I'm burning through that. Um, taking a little bit of time off from just the story push, because, again, I mentioned that I'm playing with my brother. I want to let him catch up a little bit so we can kind of jam together again. So I was thinking of how to spend my time. I've done a lot of crafting. I wasn't really feeling diving as deep into the crafting world as I have been. Um, then I was like, let me level up another character like a new character, a new character play style, because one of the things that the expansion has, the most recent one, are these role quests. Uh, in previous expansions, every job would have a, a new set of job quests to do for the 10 levels between uh, whatever you start at and what the expansion now ends at. As they add jobs, that gets a lot, like a lot to deal with and create and develop, obviously. Like, you know, what are there, like 18 jobs or something? It's, it's like crazy. Each of those would have their own quest, and they weren't all that great. So what they did is, Let's distill this into four really well-made stories. We'll have a healer-based one, a tank-based one, magical DPS, and then everything else DPS. So I was the everything else DPS, and I play that story because the game makes you play at least one. And I'm like, I kind of want to know all of these other backstories to fill everything in before my, uh, my completion. So I was like, let me start with a tank. So I just I queued up a tank earlier today and was ripping through some of that, which is completely new to me i've only ever been dps so like Mm. uh it's it's a very different way to think about everything in terms of the battle you're essentially dps you're the leader of the of the fight you you guide you you pretty much are telling where dps the dungeons too like i have to like pick up the enemies i got to keep them off you know the healers and the people doing damage um Mm. i've got to position bosses to not like throw their attacks into the group like my whole life has been playing the dps avoid all the attacks run around the boss stay out of the front now, and now i have to like remember attacks. no now i have to stand in the front no, I, I stand in this i don't run away from this if i run right. they're gonna get hit i'm gonna have to stand here and just like soak this damage i think um, so it's been a cool mental like exercise to like force my brain to get out of the pure damage into more of the strategic you know absorbing of the damage i don't think um it was as complex in 11 but but Paladin was my favorite class in eleven, which Paladin was a t- was a tank class. That was a tank of, in eleven, and um, yeah, it's just really, it's really cool to be able to control the battle, you know, in a way while you're while you're 
party is chaining together attacks and trying yep. to optimize DPS, you know? Oh, I've been, um, I've been loving it. It's a, it's, cool. it's a really fun new world to kind of live in. Totally um, the first dungeon I did as a tank, luckily there was someone who was DPS, but they were like, oh, my other character is like a tank main. And they were just giving me like really great hints and tips as I was running through. I was asking questions. They were like responding. It was just, it was great. I learned a million percent more. I'm that's ready awesome. to play some more of that. But yeah, that's the Final Fantasy 14 yeah, life. You'll notice that as a tank, your ability to find groups and do things is going to be a lot more oh, it's, it's easy. It's so much faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's yeah, wild. It's not, like, like if you want to level a healer or a tank, those are probably the quickest ones you can do. If you just want to do roulettes and like just, cr- just, yep. just cr- pound it out, you can just do it real fast. I yeah. I think I was telling you earlier, Neo, I do have a, a white mage. I have a healer up to f- level 53. You used your white mage in one of the raids that we did last week. It was it was either a raid or one of the trials. I don't think I would have healed during a raid. I would I probably would have been like, fuck no. I think it was during a trial. Like I think we were burning like an extreme trial over leveled. And I was like, let me just, I'll be the, the healer or something. Right, yeah. I have the healer, but I didn't want to like jump back in to then take that to 80 to do these roll quests as the first different outside of DPS thing I do. And especially being away from healer for so long. Cause like at level 50, there are so many more abilities. I would just be so lost and I'd be like responsible for entire parties, <laughs> keeping them alive, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't have a little sprout next to my name. So everyone knows that I'm, you know, a veteran. So the patience would be thin. If I'm fucking shit up. I'm like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start from scratch and learn from day one with a new class. I'm not going to hop in the middle with this healer with all his responsibility no thank you mm, true not for true. now but for later i'll come back to it but nice. yeah man it's been it's been a fun break from my other grindy love which is destiny 2 as it's uh in the lull of the end of its season but i'll probably hop back into there me and you did some uh some gms in their lock we did we did yeah i did a few more gms monday night um did you get a role I, you wanted on your palindrome i, did, I didn't no, i didn't get <laughs> I got one palindrome out of four more GM runs so, with them. What what are my, GMs? my drop my drop rates for the GMs this this week were were abysmal, man. Yeah. It's it's honestly it's 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 frustrating and annoying that that's the grind. But um, yeah. G, GMs are essentially the hardest PVE content that Destiny currently um, has. They're Grandmaster Grand Nightfalls. Yep. Nightfalls. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. So it's uh, essentially a Nightfall dialed up to twenty. Um, where you're, you are level capped. Um, there are a dozen modifiers, um, enemies takes you to orbit, all that stuff. Yeah. Full team wipe takes you to orbit instead of just like to the previous checkpoint. So like the last run that I think trip myself and Nimbus did, we ended up wiping in the boss room when she had like a quarter health left and we had to go, we go back to orbit and that was our last run. So we were like, Oh, all right. Well, boys, that was fun. Oh, See you no. guys was that later. Ended? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Because we decided to do one more. Yeah, it definitely was. I thought we had really clean runs. We did up until that point. We must have. Remember, it was right after you switched to, you were, you switched to your warlock. Mm-hmm. 
the ogre, the unstoppable ogre underneath. You dropped a well, a mini well. Oh yeah, it was the goddamn motherfucker. And then I well. and I got stuck in a corner, and I was like, <laughs> "Ooh, I'm gonna dodge out of this." And I tried to dodge, yeah. and fucking the ogre destroyed yeah, it was, me. It was looking yeah. at the ogre in front of the bridge. Yep, I know exactly. Yep, yep. yep, uh, yep. So they're brutal. They're brutal. I mean, it, it's definitely fun to to do them, Neo, because they they are difficult. I mean, they are the same strikes that you're used to running, so it's not like. It's not new content, but it always feels good to beat something that's really tough. Um, but the rewards for Night Grandmaster Nightfalls are adept weapons, which are essentially a better version of the loot pool. Um, and this week had a really good uh, crucible weapon was one of the three weapons that could drop from it. So I was farming to try and get a, a good roll on it, which I got a, a roll that I will use, but it's not the role that um, it did not have the perk on it that I wanted. So, mm. um. Yeah, but outside, I really haven't been playing Destiny. That was the first that that's been the only Destiny that I've played for a while. Because to Trip's point, it's it's been a lull in um. It happens. In, it's the yeah. seasonal seasonal yeah. content. Yeah, yeah. The GM rate, the drop rates, though, I have to agree with you. Uh, before we move on to what you've been playing, um, because I haven't gotten a shadow price to drop at all ever, mm. regular or adept, and that was one of the possibilities when we were running as uh, as the reward. Um, literally not seeing the gun at all. And I'm pretty sure I told you, but I'll just recap if any listeners haven't heard. Just for fun, I did the hero level Nightfall, which is the highest level you can do with randos. You can matchmake at hero. Beyond that, you can't. That's the highest matchmaking level. Um, where the gun is an uncommon drop. And other things like, like upgrade materials are rare. Exotics are rare. But the gun is an uncommon drop. Uh, it took me 43 runs of hero level Nightfall to get a single specific nightfall reward gun crazy <laughs> so imagine if you don't have friends I'm, I'm just legitimately people that don't play with other people but want to get like the content and the rewards 43 runs maybe before they get one of three possible guns which mm-hmm. just and then yeah. finishing a gm and not getting a gun to drop at all yes yeah, so that happened to me three times mm. over the course of the weekend where mm. a gm did not drop a gun so the gm drop is common and there is a chance that you will not get one even from completing it, which yeah, there were three times where I did not get a gun from completing it. And there, and we were pretty optimized at like 18 to 20 minute runs. Um, but, and yeah, and you could say, okay, well, 20 minutes, that's not a huge investment, but like, it's, it's not like it's just 20 minutes of casual play. Like we're, <laughs> right, we're right. doing like a lot of work to complete it. <laughs> it's you know a very I mean? sweaty 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and I go to the same point that trip just made, which is like, we are not the average destiny group, right? Like we're completing endgame content with not to sound cocky, but with relative ease, we're, we're completing. No, yeah, we, 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 content. Like, we, like we have, like we have a solid group of, of players that play the game. And like to a, to a person that may not have as many people that they play with, or is, is looking to find a group, like for them to sweat through a GM and then not get the thing that brings them in there is like, that's just absurd to me they that it's terrible. not, it's not that it's not a, a guaranteed drop. It just, if seems, I did, it just if seems I had so a dig in LFG for a group of competent and not shithead players and yeah. then come together, good luck. coordinate with strangers, actually get it done and then not get the gun. I, I'd uninstall. If that was my life, I would uninstall. Yeah. If that, if that was everything I went through and then I didn't get it, I would uninstall and I would move on. Um, I'm going to go on, um, I'm going to go on a Felix tangent here for a second and take the, take the talking stick. I used to, um, (laughs) play world of Warcraft a lot back in the day. And there was one dungeon that I wanted this set, 
pants that drop, just some some mm-hmm. leggings that drop from it. I must have run this thing a total of 50 plus times to get these pants that never ever dropped. And those dungeons, man, took us it took you like a 30 maybe 40 minutes depending on the group you got to, to the average do dungeon. It. To, for this, yeah, for the average dungeon, maybe I might be exaggerating on the time, but dude, it's like thirty minutes. But could you? But could you go and buy those pants? No, it only dropped. So they, they, was, were, they were only dropped. It was the every boss in those in any WoW dungeon back in Burning Crusade, at least I can speak from, was they had a, a loot pool that they would drop of certain items, sure. and your ch- you get a percentage chance to, you know get that item when you beat the boss and it never dropped for me my hunter like there, you couldn't go and flip that on the things. auction house no no you can only okay. they become soul bound when you pick them up so they're oh, bound, that's right they that's become right. bound to your character yeah yeah, yeah. it's not right, one of those right, like right. oh you can trade in them in the moment kind of things same right, with like, um in it's funny we had a uh, nimbus with us in one of the oh, Final fantasy raids <laughs> that's and, the most funny i'm glad you remembered this yeah this this one cares was uh was there or saris is it saris um, I, think it's, I mean she hasn't corrected us if it's not, but I think it's, right. I think it's theirs. And she was like, she was like, please, no one roll on this. It's all, it just, just if these pants drop, yeah, if, if this specific thing drops, I'm looking for this. Let me get it. We're like, every, oh yeah, cool. Everyone Fine. was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, whatever. We don't need anything from here. And um, Nimbus was like, <laughs> oh, I don't know how the rolling works. I'm just going to hit greed. And he like rolled like a 90 and, and Saris rolled like, I don't know, like an eight or nine or whatever on it. And then <laughs> it was just funny. It was it was the first encounter. The first drop was the thing she asked for, and everyone's like, "Oh, cool, awesome!" She was stoked, like, "Oh, dope!" Uh, and Nimbus uh, was like, "Oh, like, oh, I got I got the loot." Just like in his own, like he because he's new to he's the MMO world yeah. too. So he's like, you know, he's not like in the flow of like, you know, who needs what? Let's see what what who's going to get distributed before we like grab this shit. And he was just like, "Cool, I'll hit the button, see if I get it." And then got it. Was like, "Oh, I got this thing." Oh, because it's like, sh- it's a shared loot. Yes. It's everything drops and you roll, you click, you click the way you want it. And that will roll a number or roll one so through a hundred. You get so, need, greed and pass. Right. And, and only the class can need on it of the relevant gear. So if like healer pants drops, the healers can roll on that. Um, and then everyone else has greed. Everyone else can greed on it. And that's like the second tier of like what you get from loot. And yeah, everyone it will for sure go that. to need, but if no one needs it, then I'll go to the greed numbers. Wow. Yeah, but, well that's very different like like destiny you all get your own isolated loot drops yeah, you know what right. i mean like it's not you know i, I miss that actually that is, playing these other yeah MMOs. that's yeah like that's like a really nice feature to be able to just say these are the drops that i got i mean it's like a give and a take right because if it's like you know you could get something that's like in a shared loot pool that you might not have gotten on your own character so i think it's like it's a it's a balance you know of like yeah. what makes more sense but it's uh yeah. it drops loot for all classes so that's it can be a little bit better if you're picking and choosing because like you could be right. running on like you know uh, a dragoon which is like a future lancer and then like you know healer pants drop you can't use them maybe you can maybe you want them to like you know craft from break down sell whatever glamour but, usually yeah. usually glamour yeah for me at but least. uh but yeah primarily it's you just grab for your class but yeah it was the exact thing she asked for came first and then nimbus his That's so funny. His little MMO so mind was like, oh, this is cool. I got a thing. I was like, oh, <laughs> fuck. And he was like immediately like, oh, shit. I'm so sorry. This is the thing you asked for. I didn't realize. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're like, God, uh, no. To be, to be fair, fair, I can already, I can already yeah. picture in my mind how he you can hear, You can hear him, yeah. No, yeah. I'm so No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I also I did this to Rowan 
a few months ago when we were running some like late game raids. Uh, mm. And that was, I felt bad about that. Jay still gives me shit sure. about that. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, outside of that, yeah. Uh, I'll try and keep it <laughs> succinct because I, I promised Trip while you were gone that we were going to keep it to a tight hour because Felix wasn't here. So I don't want yeah, no, to ramble too dude, much. Take your time. We can, uh, um, we can adjust and flow, you know? So, yeah. So, Halo Infinite Test Flight was this weekend, which ran from Thursday to Sunday. Um, and I got to play it. I played it Thursday and I played it Sunday. Um, I didn't want, I didn't play it a whole lot in the, after the first night because the majority of the flight was mostly a technical test to sort out matchmaking queue times ui all of that stuff so when you queued up for matchmaking it was against ai it was against uh bots um which to me there's there's only so much entertainment in that um so the first night i got to play a bunch played mouse and keyboard um and then eventually the servers kind of kind of took a shit and i i didn't end up playing it again till sunday night when sunday night at 9 p.m they tweeted out that matchmaking was live like actual pvp was going live for three hours um and it was going to be shut off at midnight so troll um from the discord and myself we ran from 9 p.m till midnight um and uh that was an absolute blast like we tried to get in a game at like 1202 and it was gone like that like, oh, like we, no. got, we got out of a game and it was like right after midnight and the and the uh, the option to pvp was gone and i was super bummed because i was having a great time so much so that i went and installed master chief collection <laughs> literally right after oh just to, to keep play the some vibes art. going and i did i played on stream again for i played halo 2 uh i played played like a handful of halo 2 games as well um the sunday night uh i played with a controller for the first time in six years uh i have not used the sticks um since i built my gaming pc and dude it's it's hard (laughs) right yeah i think i built my gaming pc in 2016 you know i think you built how many build it 2016 2017 so uh you know i haven't really used a controller since then so it was it was very difficult for the first couple of games to try and like it like everything besides aiming felt fine in halo at least like i like everything that i was used to like i used to play claw um which this will be for our uh our our twitch chat and our videos but claw means you hold a controller and you literally claw with your right hand where i use i use my i hit buttons like this right as i'm jumping that's insane but it makes sense to me flip back and forth so um because you don't want to take your thumb off the stick right yeah you can't take your thumb off the stick you need to be able to turn your head like yeah yeah because like you know normally someone would let go of their right thumb stick and hit a or hit x Mm -hmm. or or whatever but for me (laughs) so i i I trigger with my middle finger and i do everything with my with my pointer finger right uh anyway so like that all came back like that was fine jumping meleeing everything was fine but aiming was atrocious like i was so (laughs) unbelievably bad with with aiming but by the final two games like i was i was feeling it again like i'm definitely not anywhere near proficient but like i felt i felt good and it's it kind of sucks to say but the game plays in my opinion in its current state significantly better on controller than it does in mouse and keyboard really interesting um yeah so like mouse and keyboard if we're going to compare it to mcc versus halo infinite Halo Infinite is is leaps and bounds above MCC. So don't get me wrong there. It's very much playable on keyboard and mouse, but uh 
the pistol specifically, which is you spawn in in normal Slayer with a pistol and a AR, um, which the AR is very much overpowered. So everyone's really hoping to see a tweak for that because right now the AR kills faster than both the pistol and the BR, which just doesn't feel right for a Halo mm-hmm. game. Um, the pistol, which is normally your primary dueling weapon because the BR, the DMR, which is a single shot rifle, um, needlers, all of those weapons spawn throughout the map. Um, so it's always pistol start. So you end up dueling with that a lot. Uh, that just really didn't feel great on mouse and keyboard for me. Um, and by the, like I said, by the last couple games on controller, um, I was pretty much out dueling every single person that I was, I was facing with, with the controller, which I was absolutely not doing that with mouse and keyboard. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't I don't know if things will change. I mean, we were playing a very early build. The build was already three months old that we were playing in the technical preview. So we were already three months behind. They definitely learned a whole hell of a lot. They were super communicative throughout the whole process. So things can definitely change. Um, so we'll, we'll definitely see. And, and they already have already said that for their this is already through a lot of hands up in the air, but for the competitive scene, they're saying any input device is allowed. They're going to allow mouse and keyboard players to compete against controller players on the pro circuit. Can I use, can I use my flight stick? Uh, yes, you can. Sure. Great. Um, yeah, so that's, that's got a lot of people up in the air because how do you balance two completely different input devices against one another in a competitive Mm. setting like call of duty another game that has multiple input devices has decided to make controller what people compete with right they've chosen that as their input Mm. device for esports uh where uh 343 is saying no you can you can play what whatever you want so there's a lot of there's a lot of mixed reactions i think it's great for exposure Uh, i don't know how well it will work in practice there's a lot of there's a lot of controller players that are upset. There's a lot of keyboard and mouse players that are upset. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean we're we're a ways out still, but they've they made that announcement uh, during the flight. So yeah, I just just imagine it, there would never be a consensus over like like a duel where versus like mouse and keyboard and controller, and somebody wins. There's never going to be consensus over how that should have played out. Like. Mm-hmm. If the PC player gets killed, then like the aim assist was overtuned. That's the crutch, you know. Then it's like the mouse accuracy. It just there's always going to be a thing that's going to kind of undercut any kind of duel between those two input methods. Like yeah, I mean you, you can't yeah. get around that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely some of the things that people have have called out is you know how do you like how do you balance it right like how yeah. do you balance it to where you feel like both are getting a fair shake because like ultimately uh shooting is harder on a controller like it is it, it's harder to aim with a stick than it is with a mouse right mm-hmm. um so the aim assist is there to to help with that because it's it's harder to be able to effectively aim with with sticks um but with that aim assist makes it in some scenarios a lot easier to kill people than with a mouse because with the mouse you don't have any aim assist they did have a setting inside that's the first setting i've ever seen for this called um, mouse aim assist it was actually hmm. a setting inside of the um uh infinite like keyboard and mouse section did you try i it? didn't know i didn't notice uh 
uh, difference in the slightest between on and off. So I don't know if it just wasn't working in the build, if it wasn't tuned high enough, if its purpose there is to try and help balance it against a controller. I'm not sure. Um, I haven't looked to see if anyone did an in-depth analysis on it, but when I turned it on off, um, I didn't, I didn't necessarily notice anything. Um, but in terms of what was great with it, uh, it felt like Halo, most importantly, and I think that's probably like, you know, a, a huge point for a lot of people was it, it definitely felt like a Halo game. It definitely feels like a 343 Halo game. So it did feel like a Halo Reach and a Halo 5 mixture uh, of, of a Halo game. So it does definitely doesn't feel like a an old school arena Halo of like a, a Halo 2 or a Halo 3. But those were, of course, Bungie properties and just a different time and you know, with there's, you know, there's sprinting and things like that. Like that just didn't exist in those games. Um, but nonetheless, it did feel like a Halo game. Uh, uh, sound design is incredible. Oh, we're going to say, I'm sorry, Neil. I was going to ask you about um, the weapons. And I was actually yeah. going to ask you about the sound design, the weapons and the levels. What did you think of those? Yeah. I saw you playing yeah. around with them. So mm-hmm. how do they feel compared to previous Halo games to you? And the sound they design, all... throw that in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all feel and sound incredible. Like the BR is like, it feels great when you're shooting it. It sounds great when you're shooting it. Uh, the DMR is is um, same thing. Like it, it feels like it. It feels like you're actually shooting a DMR, um, and it and it sounds really good. Um, all the guns, all the guns really do. Um, the Needler is back. Like the Halo One version of the Needler. Like it's super strong. Um, if you catch anybody out in the open, they're dead with it, which is, which is pretty cool because it ends up being like a little mini power weapon on the map, um, versus like in halo two, where it was essentially a pointless weapon. Um, Mm. but yeah, they felt, they felt really good. Um, the, the one negative that I would say about, about one of the weapons is the pistol does have bloom, um, which is a pretty hated mechanic within halo because bloom was in halo reach and it was a huge a huge problem when it first came out because it never existed in a halo game before that was 343's first what halo is, game what and is they, bloom uh so as you're shooting you actually see your reticule get bigger and bigger and mm. bigger as you spam shots so by the time you get to your so for a pistol i did it in the shooting range uh, the pistol actually takes seven headshots to kill somebody so the ttk is really really long in halo um the other thing that i don't necessarily love about it but ttk is really long so seven headshots by the time you get to the fifth shot going into your sixth shot your bloom is bigger than the player's head so there's a chance that even if you're aiming dead center your bullet's not going to actually hit them it's it's designed to help you pace your shots um and add you know I guess some randomization to gunfights. Uh, it's it sucks. It's an awful mechanic that needs to be yeah. removed. It's in um, pretty much pretty much every shooter game. Outside of like real specific ones, like I don't think Valorant is Valorant have bloom. Mm-mm. Yeah, it it doesn't. It doesn't have spread if you hold the trigger down. Well, it has spread, but that's different than bloom, right? So, so bloom essentially the the bloom is is your shot like your sh- the where your shot is going becomes increasingly big. You can't control it, like you can learn Valorant's recoil recoil pattern and it not move from a player's head. You can't learn Bloom because Bloom randomizes where the shot's going because it ends up being so big, right? And it it only takes, you know, a quarter of a second to shrink back down, but it means you need to stop shooting for a quarter second 
and we're probably talking milliseconds, not actually a quarter of a second, but yeah. you right. have to wait uh, for the yeah. reticule to reset, right? You'll see um, it too, Neo. Like if you like if you look for this, a lot of games that that are like I don't want to say casual shooters because a lot of them are competitive too, but like games that are like they want players to be able to kind of have the playing field evened. That's really the kind of the point of it, right? To to do the RNG element. You'll see the little like reticle shrink and grow, shrink, grow, shrink, grow, shrink, grow. Yeah. And that's literally to tell you. That's to tell you the player, you know, I guess it's like to be fair about it, where your shot could possibly hit. So like if you do miss, the game can go, oh no, well, the bloom was this far and Mm -hmm. you know, missed the head. Sorry, sucks. Yeah. So So they ended up removing they ended up removing Bloom from the competitive playlist in Reach after a few seasons because everyone consistently complained about it because it's a shitty mechanic. Um, so they kept Bloom in in vanilla Reach. Like if you boot up Reach in MCC right now and you play just standard Slayer, you're going to have Bloom. If you go into the competitive playlist, there's going to be no Bloom, meaning your DMR just shoots where it shoots, which is the way that it should go. Like the player that has the better aim should win the gunfight, not someone that has to battle an arbitrary mechanic that exists for the sake of existing. Right. Um, do you think this so? Was in, do you think this was intentional for them so you don't rely on the pistol and you don't use it as a? You, do you think the game is encouraging uh, the player to seek out weapons on the map other than the default thing they start with? Um, because it, it sounds it, be. it sounds like a discouraging factor to rely on the pistol is what it sounds like at this it, point in time. Sure, it it yeah. definitely could be. My argument to that would be then why start with the pistol and not just put it on the map and make it have no bloom and make the AR be the starting gun. Or two, um, what is wrong with starting with a gun that you can duel with? That's what Halo's always been, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have BR start, right? Like, like it, it just that's what it was. That's that's why what that's what makes Halo great. You you fight over the map for control of power weapons. Mm-hmm. right like everyone's on the same playing field you always have the same guns there's nothing different besides trying to control spawns and trying to control the power weapons that spawn every two minutes and 45 seconds and every three minutes and 15 seconds right so like and then you have your power ups like your invisibility and your overshield that you used to fight over as well so i mean maybe 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 it is um but i don't know I don't know. In in any case, I I don't know that that's going to go away um, because I I don't think they can remove a mechanic like that that's foundationally built into a gun by the time the game launches. Um, But again, the bloom didn't feel as bad when I was using a controller as it did when I was using a mouse and keyboard. And that's because I had aim assist helping me hit those shots where with keyboard and mouse, it's way more punishing because I had to be very much on their head. Very much so. There was a lot of clips where where people were posting in the gun range showing that like it was punishing with mouse and keyboard. Like, you know, it would go literally right past their ear when they were using a mouse and keyboard, but with the controller, it would count as a headshot, right? And that's that that margin for error that the game is building in for somebody that's aiming with a stick. Um, so it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm super interested to see how it how it launches and how it balances. I definitely had a lot of fun. Uh, some of the new additions, the grappling hook in it is super fun. Uh, if you've played Apex, it's essentially it works very similarly to Pathfinder's ability, which Pathfinder is the robot in in Apex that has the grappling hook, where like you can use 
you know, the, the way that your camera is focused and the way that you shift your body to kind of swing yourself up into the air. And there was a lot of really cool Twitter clips of people like swinging under bridges, coming back up and above somebody and assassinating them. And like nice. it, it made for it made for some really like interesting gameplay. I don't know if it'll be there in a competitive setting, but it'll definitely be fun in some social uh, like big team battle. It'll be really cool to see how it's used. Um so overall, yeah, it was it was um, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, does, does the this, yeah, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, keep going. What were you gonna I say? was gonna ask you: Does this get you more excited for the release of this, uh, the multiplayer for this? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I, I don't feel down about it, and I think that's because I realized while I was playing it that like I don't think I'm gonna treat Halo how I always used to treat Halo as this like super competitive shooter that i'm gonna just like pour everything in i'm just not like i'm too old to be doing that you know what i mean like i'm just <laughs> it's not it's not gonna pan out for me you know so it's like i may hey, play, i may hey, play man. the competitive stuff but like hey, man i enjoyed the so like i think i'm gonna have way more fun in big team battle with eight of us or six of us playing just a social like halo game you know and like with you know ridiculous weapons and vehicles little, little capture and really flag big maps, action, you know? a little bit of that yeah like yeah. i just I, I think knowing that that's how i'm gonna feel about the game i think i think my perspective has changed a little bit to where like i'm not gonna sweat some of this other stuff that i'd probably be really frustrated with and would be like bothering me to my core if this was five <laughs> years ago or something you know what I mean? like i got i got other battles in my life i need to fight i'm not fighting <laughs> i'm not fighting halo infinite anymore you know so you're saying like the level you're at now about like the uh the bloom and about the the aim assist and controller and keyboard together in one sandbox you'd be like times five yes heated about that stuff yeah i'd i'd be the people that the casuals are saying is ruining the game on twitter like i'd be the person, <laughs> you know <laughs> got it um but uh yeah like I, I i'm excited for it i i think it being free to play is great because i think more of us can play it um and I think there's no obviously monetary investment into it. I think they're doing a lot of great things with how they're going to fund the game, like with the battle pass not going away. That's huge that you don't have to finish the battle pass before that's the end really, of the season. Really um, huge. Which yeah, is which cool. is really good for for gamers as a whole. So it's healthy. Yeah, like I, honestly, it's like very, it's, it's very healthy. It's healthy, it's very healthy for someone who wants to play the game but not want to like, you know, focus their entire life on getting this done by a certain date because it goes away. It's right. incredibly healthy. Agreed. Good for them. I um, hope it sets a trend. I really do. Me too. And 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 I, honestly, they've been that three four three has been great throughout the whole technical flight, leading up to the technical flight, afterwards, setting expectations for future. Like they've been doing a really really good job. So, um, I, I to me, it, it's clear that they know that everything's on the line for the franchise with the release of this game, and I think they're going to do yeah. everything that they can to make it successful. Um. The only other thing that I was going to hit that you asked me, Neo, that I didn't answer was the maps. The map that came out first, Live Fire, w was not a great map. Uh, super, super small. Uh, felt more like a training ground than it did an actual PvP map. I don't think we would see that in an actual map rotation. It looks like a that dueling thing, map, like a map you would. It looked like what you would go into, like like either one v one somebody or like if you were doing like training exercises, like in a tutorial, like that's what it felt like, you know, yeah, yeah. um, the second map really cool. Lots of different levels, um, in, in terms of, um, like, uh, height in levels is what I mean by that. Um, so that one was, was pretty cool. 
Um, and then the last map, the Bazaar, was probably my favorite map. Um, very well designed in terms of aesthetics. Um, it was pretty much symmetrical, um, which going back to a symmetrical map is is really important. I mean, that's kind of the bread and butter of Halo is symmetrical maps. Um, and uh, it allowed for a lot of great duels across map. Um, there was a lot of lanes where you can push small engagements. Um, so I think right now they've done a really good job with map design. Uh, it's great to see new maps and them not like bring back an old map. Um, and say like, here's, you know, lockout, which would be great. Lockout was one of my favorite maps, but it's I, like, I, I don't need ask, to see lockout right now. You know what I mean? Do, like, do, so, you, do you think we see blood Gulch or a version of blood Gulch? Or do you think this game is going to do a thing where it's like, here are the different versions of blood Gulch that we've released over the years and the new mountain, like a new remodeled one for infinite. Um, that's a great question. I, I would love to see both blood gulch and zanzibar i think would be really cool to come back um as big team um battle maps um but i don't know i i think i think i think they're pretty smart to know that they need to create the new content and have great original content first and then release some of this other stuff as as add-ons after because that just fuels the flame of of how excited people already are like people were grinding this tech flight like so many hours um that's like, insane like it was it was very popular like it was very well received and i'm super glad to see that like the first night there were a lot of technical hiccups with matchmaking and errors and all of that which of course like it was the first everyone's slamming to get in there everyone's trying to play the first the first day um it's the first time that it's been out in the public like it didn't surprise me but it wasn't anything super crazy right like it worked for a while and then it just didn't. And I logged off and I was like, that's what's to be expected. So I hope I get in on the next flight, whether that be another technical flight or an actual alpha slash beta. Um, I Me hope too. more of us can play it together, which would be awesome. Um, and I will definitely be playing it at launch. Um, and that the fact that it's cross play means that I, we can play with some, some Xbox folks too, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so overall I, I, I'm excited. I think, you know, it being free to play means everybody, should give it a shot whether they've played halo before or not if you've played a halo game you should absolutely download it and try it um and uh i hope that it's a smooth successful launch for them um and, and all of the work that they've done is is really much um shined through so i i wish them nothing but but success um the, the last thing that i would say that i i hope they change is the the shooting range nimbus and i were kind of talking about it and uh, Valorant very much nailed the shooting range. Like Valorant's shooting range is, is perfect. They don't need mm -hmm. to change a thing. The, 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 the Halo one is just, is, is like a infancy version of it. Um, where like, you can't really mess around with guns. You have to boot into weapon drills. You don't get to mess around before the drills. You don't get to mess around after the drills. It's very structured. Like you have 30 seconds to shoot these targets, shoot these targets, and then it's over and you either need to requeue it back into a drill or you need to go play matchmaking. Oh, um, so, I, so I hope they, I hope they evolve it a little bit because I didn't get to test weapons as much as I would like. Um, so yeah, so I think, I think they will, um, I think they will evolve it. Hopefully I think they'll get a lot of good feedback from it. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to play it again.
Um, and I think it will be with a controller. So probably some MCC streams coming where I'm going to try and continue to learn a controller. So I don't just forget <laughs> all of the things that I just learned over the past, uh, That's so crazy couple of months. Yeah. And I think, I think on that note, before we, before we shift gears a little bit, like I'll never, I'll never unlearn mouse and keyboard now. You know what I mean? Like I'll never not be able to play mouse and keyboard. I feel like it's just, Oh yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's such a natural much. extension. It is at this point. We're like, where like it and i don't want to play controller on other shooters like i have no interest in that and like halo's roots are pretty much ingrained and, in controller right yeah like, that's and that's, like the, how it that's the other thing yeah like it just felt even outside of all of the mechanics that made it like make sense it just felt better to play on a controller it just did the meleeing the jumping all of that just felt better on a controller and i don't know if that's just my brain like telling me you've played this franchise right here's the lane that we were like yeah like you played this franchise for like almost 20 years like you're supposed to be playing it on a controller or if it just like there's something fundamental about the game that just makes it feel better on a controller. i don't know i don't know but it just like it just felt natural on a controller again um, and then going back and playing MCC right after and and playing Halo 2 and Reach, um, you know, I didn't even try mouse and keyboard. Those just, again, of course, feel great on a controller. So I think I'm going to continue to practice controller on MCC throughout the next couple of months. So that way I don't unlearn the, the sticks and start from square one Smart. all over again. It's a good plan. And then, um, and then, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the launch. I'm in it. I'm in for it. Cool. Yeah, same, honestly. Clicking uh, some heads. So shifting gears, we wanted to, uh, we have a lot to unpack here, huh? Yeah. Um, oh God, Jesus. We, Christ. uh, we wanted to discuss just Activision, Activision Blizzard kind of like a through Z of what's, you know, kind of transpired, um, recently. We haven't really commented on it uh, up until this point because we didn't really feel like there was much value that we could add to the conversation. Um, Mostly because, like, the things that came out over the past week to two weeks, um, there there was no arguing the debate of any of the the things that came up, right? Like, you know, we've we've read a lot about, you know, some sexual harassment cases that are being, you know, uh, brought up in California. Like, there's not much that we can add to that. We obviously don't condone any of that. And um, Yeah, and it was another unfortunate situation of it. You know, we went through this with Me Too across, like, a wider scale. Are brought on pretty much by the Ubisoft mm-hmm. situations and accusations. Um, so we we've been through this before as like a gaming community. And I don't think people are are opposed to the movement of like you know uh, respecting women, mm-hmm. not being a piece of you know piece of shit uh, um, in your workplaces, your communities. Um, but I think this is like this is a deeper rooted issue. Yeah, I think in th- in gaming, can... in tech, in in places that are seen as like guys or like boys clubs. Like, this is an issue. And, like, just because Blizzard and Activision got caught, it doesn't mean it's not at Bungie or was at Bungie. It doesn't mean it's not or wasn't at EA or, or Xbox. Like, all these places probably at some point had situations like this, unfortunately. Yeah, mm-hmm. and part mm-hmm. of me actually feels like this is almost a little bit, de- uh, like like, almost worse from what we're hearing, I feel like it's worse than what we heard from Ubisoft in a lot of ways, because 
in a lot of ways, and what we'll, what we're about to get into is we've seen over the course of a few years, Blizzard's behavior, um, not only shift and also publicly facing, we've seen them behave in really awkward ways in really weird ways that make, that made a lot of people kind of tilt their head until now. And one of the things we're going to talk about probably will probably bring this up is the, the girl from BlizzCon in 2010, who asked a question um, and got this really like kind of like rude and like they were just kind of blowing her off, like her question off. And it was, it was, it was a legit question to ask. Like there's nothing wrong about it, but you're in front of a crowd. You're in front of the developers um, that you're in front of the future president who, this week got like let go from the company. Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna dive into all that, but this is actually hot off the heels of last year. Oh man, end of twenty nineteen, the Blitzchung Hearthstone issue, which Blizzard got a lot of flack for, and people were were mad about that, rightly so. But this is even this. I don't know if this is like worse or it's just like more bad. Uh, things that are compiling on. Blizzard's actions and the response that Blizzard has been giving from all of its higher ups, its HR, its PR, its president, um, the CEO of Activision himself, Kotick, uh, Bobby Kotick. So I, I don't know. Where, where would you like to begin? Do you want to like start from somewhere or do you want to just like bring up points and like things that have happened since it started or how, how well, would you look? Yeah, but we can do a, uh, a. I can do a real quick recap of some of the major beats. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows, but if you don't at this point, uh, Activision Blizzard is being sued by the state of California for uh, harassment, uh, sexual harassment of females at work, um, and well, actually some males too. After the story broke originally, as reports uh, came in, um, just like like a real fratty bro culture uh, environment that made people like uncomfortable. Uh, retaliation for like coming forward for this kind of stuff. Um, just just a two year investigation into how Activision and Blizzard operated and handled themselves essentially uh, around their work em- uh, employees. And like this was bad stuff, right? Like, I mean, we're not going to go too much into detail, but like you can read the lawsuit, you can look at news stories. Um, like, literally, like shit they had people doing at work. Um, like one woman like was harassed with like her pictures. So like, like literally nude photos passed around at a Christmas party. She ended up killing herself later. Like people were like harassed Mm -hmm. at like, like a systemic level. Um, And this was all put in a lawsuit and employees immediately said, yes, this has been going on. This is awful. And corporate immediately said, this is wrong. This is a baseless and irresponsible lawsuit. And immediately was like, whoa, like what the hell is going on? This is, makes a lot of sense because the gaming industry has had moments like this. So, sure, let's look into this. Let's figure this out. And corporate's like, no, this is this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, not not the response Townsend. you want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Fran Townsend specifically, uh, she is a VP for corporate affairs with Blizzard. Uh, previously, uh, with the Bush administration, with uh, Homeland Security, she was a big proponent of uh, torture. In interrogations like like she was a big supporter of that would defend its use and say everything we got out of there was legit um she's been really the one beating this drum about how this is not the company culture how it's irresponsible the lawsuit is meritless she said um and employees are literally like saying to the company guys like you're you're telling us that 
that we're not telling the truth with these statements. You're telling us that you don't believe us. Very gaslighting. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, Bobby Kotick walked back the corporate responses with his own letter to employees. Uh, employees, both before and after his letter, were like, hey, we're not going to be working on Wednesday. I think last Wednesday they had a, 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 sh- a strike, a walkout. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, you're, you're, the things that you're proposing to do are not good enough. Um, again, Fran Townsend keeps doubling down. She deleted her Twitter today. Yeah, today I'm sure she had a lot of like, she, you know, pushback and shit. She wrote an op-ed talking about like last week. She she wrote an op-ed in one of these papers about no, whistleblowing. She didn't write it, but she 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 tweeted. A, I think it was a friend or someone. She didn't write it. Oh, but, she didn't but write she, it. No, but she definitely tweeted this. Um, like why whistleblowing is bad is the name yeah. of the article essentially. Wow. Um, so someone not on the side of like you know the suffering employee at your workplace. Mm. Um, stories came out that they hired Wilmer Hale, uh, Activision being they, they hired the law firm Wilmer Hale to um, review all of their HR materials to make sure there's nothing like, you know, yeah, but breaking the rules Wilmer, and everyone is Wilmer Hale is famously a, a law firm famous for stopping union, but or like their union busting, mm-hmm. right? Like they're it's, they it's definitely something that they do. Wilmer Hale is like a, like a corporate law firm, like, like massive corporations, the government uses Wilmer Hale. Like they're used to going after like real high caliber targets, and they also do specialize in union busting. So mm-hmm. it's odd that they chose this law firm to come together when employees are coming together to kind of like get in the face of how the corporate culture has been. So then heads start rolling. Uh, today, yesterday, actually, yesterday, Jay Allen Brack. The president of Blizzard stepped down. He's going to be replaced um, by two. There's a co. It's a, a co-heading situation. Oh yeah. Um, leaving Kodak like up. more and more in charge of the organization. Um, they confirmed that Alex Afrasiabi, which uh, who's one of the most egregious offenders of this harassment, specifically named in the lawsuit along with Brack. Um, when he left the company a year and a half ago or two years ago, whatever it was, maybe last summer. Um, they didn't really like elaborate on why, but they said a couple of days ago it was because of this. Like he was let go because of this harassment stuff. Wow, so serious! Yeah. They actually like let someone go over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because last like week, they knew. Like that just shows that they knew. Yeah, and things haven't really changed at least for a whole other year to have an investigation. Keep digging into your workplace. Yeah, last week, Kotaku had an article about something called the Cosby Room, and mm-hmm. us us for what's his name Asvarabi. Uh, Alex Afrasiabi. He's uh, one of the. He was like the lead of of like the director of Warcraft. Of World okay. of Warcraft. Yeah, he was heavily featured in that article, and they he had was, sc- yeah. yeah they had screenshots of conversations they were having, like just like talking about women in very weird, weird, inappropriate ways. Yeah. Um. And they called it the Cosby Room because they they said it was the decor, but even at the time, I think it was like 2010 or 20. Between 2010 and 2012, like that, that you knew, like place. we knew, Bill Cosby was a creep. Right around the time they would have named this room the Cosby Suite. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. That's God. That's it's a real bad look. It's a real bad look. Just there, like there are a lot of that. bad looks, and I think why it keeps getting worse is because of how this is being handled mm-hmm. by Activision Agreed. Blizzard. Like it just it just keeps keeps on snowballing downhill at this point. So what would the appropriate action for Activision Blizzard to take. Now, I ask this knowing that obviously letting their employees union unionize, giving them more, you know, 
say over this process and actually listening to the employees, but like they don't want Activision Blizzard doesn't want things to change. They want to keep making the games and, you know, putting games right. out. Um, yeah. I mean, if the, the question you're asking is what, I guess what they have to have had to do. Um, yeah. Depends on how, depends on what you want the answer to that to be as the company. Right. Depends on what you want the outcome to be, I should say. Um, because if you're, if you're legitimate about wanting change and being an advocate for this, first of all, you wouldn't, it would never have gone this far. Right. But say it has gone this far and you do truly, truly, truly want to change. Um, your employees don't trust you at this point. So you have to either demonstrate trust or like completely give in to the things that they want. And, probably not a great idea as a CEO, but like at a certain point you have to, you have to like let people know that you're on their side, that you're providing for what they need in their workplace. Everything has to be shaken up. Every, like every management team, director, whoever was in charge of any kind of harassment at all has to go. You know, there can't be like a tiered system that just, it's complete, complete overhaul of the company. And it might happen, you know, like as, as people step down or leave, um, it might get to that point. Um, the other option is if you want things to stay the same, but pretend like you care, then you do exactly what Blizzard's doing. You do right. half steps, you do half measures, you come out a little bit and see how people react and then react to the reaction. And you just like, you dial it in until the news cycle forgets about you mm-hmm. and then things like, don't change. Like the blitz, like so, the blitz chunk case more or less. Right. So it depends on, yeah. on how Activision wants that to truly land. And I feel like it's the latter. I hope that it's not. But I feel like it's the latter of those two options. Yeah, of course. And one one of the things that I th- I know these companies realize it, and I'm, when I say the companies, I mean like the higher ups. The relationship between an employer and the worker is a mutually beneficial one, so to speak, especially when it comes to game development specifically, and all all work locations. It's a mutually benefit benefiting symbiotic relationship where. You need your employees to be able to put out your products so they can make the money off of the products, right? You need this to happen. And Bobby Kotick, I don't know if you've seen all these other articles about him. He's generally not a good dude. He was also in a his own case like years ago um, that he paid off a civil lawsuit for, uh, I think it was harassment, pretty much, I think. Um Every year you read an article about Kotick raking in these like $12 million plus bonuses. And meanwhile, the employees are in these conditions. And this has apparently been happening for years at this point, at least since 2010, since we know, at least since they were acquired in back in 2008. Um, it's just, it's just insane that, you need you need to be able to treat your employees better because you want them to put out the best work they they can. Um, Jason Schreier of Bloomberg put out a timeline of events that shows um, it's in his it's in his Twitter. I'll here I'll, I'm going to put it in our Twitch chat if you want to watch live uh, our show. Um, the timeline is, like pretty much points out um the way Kotick and Activision restructured Blizzard since the acquisition and just the way, um, I guess, I guess I'll read some of it. Um, after they, they purchase it, um, 2017, 2018 Blizzard's revenue started tanking and they cut costs. So already you see, that's also a thing when, when you let go of employees, they let go of a lot of the 
God, a lot of the esports teams got let go around that time. And again, that's morale, that's morale hitting, right? And keep in mind at the same time, all this harassment's going on too while this is all happening. Like this is all compounding things that that occur when the leadership makes decisions that don't rightfully benefit or or keep morale up. And you see that effect here. And finally, after two years of this this lawsuit, we get to see pretty much what what was what's been kind of going on. And now people are like opening up and talking about it, which is amazing too. I honestly don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to point out that there is a clear cut timeline of this decline. Like this isn't like a surprise by any by any mean. Like by any means. Like we see it in the quality of the work that they put out, and we see it in what people are saying and now a court case, which makes it legally official with whatever is happening. So. Yeah. I mean, in terms of how Activision's running blizzard, like, yeah, you can, you can trace back just a, a, a train wreck of, of ideas over time, yeah. uh, bare minimum management and just like status quo iterative updates, just not really innovating. Like blizzard itself had a much better name for the stuff they put out before the Activision, um, Mm-hmm. like merger but um in terms of the harassment culture that was there mm-hmm. you know that was there before the acquisition that that uh if you haven't seen those there is a video that's going around of a, a woman asking a question at a blizzcon mm-hmm. um, that was from 2010 you know like that yeah they didn't just crop up an entire like subculture of harassment in two years at that point like for sure that was yeah. embedded um because when when that entire table of of men developers answering her question is just are laughing at her and just like riffing on the joke the the question if you didn't ever watch yeah, this I was video was, say, elaborate um, was you know does every female character that blizzard designs have to look like they walked out of a victoria's secret catalog which was her way of asking like why are the women also scantily dressed why are they designed like this like can we get some like normal functional clothing just like more realistic designs of women because they are strong and powerful and that's great, but like they're being sexualized. And why is that the case? And the immediate response to that question was what magazine would you want them to walk out of? Like that's sexist. That's dismissive of the question immediately. When she um, asked, when she asked the question, you could hear audibly the women in the audience cheering going, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Followed immediately by all the men booing. Yeah. And, the the developers had an opportunity there to say hey guys let's not boo her for her question it's a it's a legit question to ask they could they they could have said that and that would have been but they like, placated the, they right placated the boos right you know what i mean like they, they 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 tilted that needle toward the booing of that right. question which was now where I, I also want to say um it's really easy to sit here on our woke thrones in 2021 and say that's bullshit that's bad um but if i heard that in 2010 like i'll just be honest and i'll i'll take the brunt of this um i probably would have laughed at that response as a gamer as a guy oh he made yeah, a joke immediately, yeah immediately coming back and saying what magazine would you want to walk out of like that's witty that's funny and that's just that's just the guy culture joke that it would have been yeah you know i, I think it's i think it's disingenuous to pretend that we wouldn't have um but that just shows how ingrained all this is and has been for years. And like, you know, it's, it's a constant daily struggle to like, to be better, to, to point this activity out, to make it more welcoming. 
um, because what you don't hear is is women's experiences when we're having this cool club that's funny and hilarious and and whatever um you don't it doesn't click for you like we we wouldn't have heard her question in 2010 like we hear it today Mm -hmm. for sure we wouldn't have we wouldn't have had a problem with with her issue or the response to it It would have been like yeah why not all right yeah why is she so uptight you know Mm. What is also like offensive as shit to say. It just it's all about perspective. Um we can only hope that, you know, we get better and better at listening. Um but it just this ownership of behavior is not being seen by Activision. And as a matter of fact, they're making it more and more apparent how much they don't want to take responsibility for this. Like as long as Kodak, in my opinion, is CEO, literally nothing's gonna change. They can replace every single other person. But if he's the one calling the shots and uh, directing and driving the company, zero shot of any chance. But you, but you have to also understand that it's not necessarily a CEO problem, too. Like, like a business like oh, that is responsible yeah, for, for its sure. shareholders, right? They could put anybody they want inside of that. It's not going to change anything. Like a business like that only cares about its profit margin and its and what and the money that it makes its shareholders. You know, so like, sure, we can say there's a symbiotic relationship between a worker and an employer, which there is. We we need the workforce to be able to, you know, make a company successful. But that's just not what corporate America is, right? Like, I mean, the this type of toxic behavior is literally everywhere. We just, you know, we're we're getting to call it out for you know a pretty major game developer. and while it might not be rampant every in every game studio, um, that that sediment of shareholders profit margin is definitely for all of the AAA studios the same the same culture there. Like like the they don't care about an associate game designer. They don't care about a you know junior game designer. Um, so you know I think that's a whole cultural shift that also needs to happen outside of obviously you know the the sexual harassment stuff that's just that's just blatantly not okay of course um it's just the way that a business is run is is just not conducive to employee rights so mm-hmm. um you know they can they can put any cuz all they would do is replace him with somebody that would just be more likable and then that's all just a media spin. It doesn't mean that anything right. actually changes once letting to, letting to 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 once to Neo's point, once the news cycle or I forget which one of you made the point, but you know, once the news cycle loses sight of this, yeah, you know, it's go all gonna to go back to normal, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that's all appointing a new CEO would do, would just put a better spin and lens on it for the time being that it's in the conversation, in the zeitgeist, until it's not, and then, you know, it just goes back to at least from a like take the sexual harassment stuff out of it that that might truly change um but the way that a studio has a relationship with its employees and things like you know you can't go home for two weeks because it's crunch time right like that stuff that stuff doesn't change um because they need to make games and they need to make them now and they need to sell millions dollars worth of 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 games to 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 make their profits so um it's it's a it's a pretty big topic that we're talking about that, that also includes some really awful shit that happened too. 
Yeah, and um, in a way, I feel like them letting go uh, J. Allen Brack is a way of them placating to the public for that, sure. like, this is like a symbolic gesture of like, hey, look, we're doing things to change. Oh, it's totally symbolic. I mean, everyone yeah. wants like heads to roll when this happens, right? Mm-hmm. But man, I feel like the only way that this can even remotely turn like turn the needle in a direction that is positive for the employees is if they do find some way to unionize and get bargaining power in their in their role of their company so people can mm-hmm. be more uh held accountable so from that from that point of view yeah i mean it's why unions are so popular it's it's why it's why um our country you, know, you have like a lot of our company company culture fights so hard against it. We, we battle, mm-hmm. we, 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 you know, we're like the water breaking up against the rock trying to like say, Hey, we need unions, but there's so much like so much pressure against that when it comes to like these law firms that are there to just union bust, um, corporations that pay off our politicians to keep them from, you know, enacting Have laws ever- that encourage it. I'm going to see, I'm going to see if I can make this analogy relevant. Cause I just watched this movie with my son the other day. Have you ever seen the movie? Um, uh, uh, ants. Yes. Oh, bugs life, bugs life, bugs life. Excuse me. Bugs. Life. Ants is all about that. Not, yeah. Go ahead. Not ants, but bugs life. So yes, um, yes. One of them. Bugs life. Um, dreams, uh, ants was the DreamWorks. Ants was the DreamWorks. I'm talking about the, the, the Disney one. Yeah. Bugs yeah. life. So the, the crickets, uh, in, in halfway, halfway through the, the, the leader cricket says Hopper. to, uh, yeah, Hopper says to, oh, I guess, um, you know, what, whatever, one of his, one of his cricket pals that, uh, they can't let the ants know how powerful they are mm-hmm. because there's more of them and all of the ants would easily overthrow their, what they deem to be like the, the overarching, you know, gods of their universe are these crickets, right? So they've they've artificially created this hierarchy of importance above the ants. We're the fucking ants. So a union, all a union does is give the ants or employees the power to be able to fight against shit that should not be happening to them. The, and the as soon as it happens, the union as soon is a baby as it happens, bird in the tree or the baby bird in the tree. Right. What's wait? Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen this movie in years. Can you? What? What is? What are these? Well, so one of the one of the strats the ants had during the big battle at the end was they're going to make this big fake bird. They're going to build this bird out of like twigs and and leaves and shit, make it look like a bird, and then have it sail out of a tree at the crickets to scare them off. They made the mm-hmm. uh, actual size bird. So the union's like the bird to Locke's analogy mm-hmm. coming in, um, the crickets, the corporate crickets. And that's essentially because you know a, a corporation is going to fight against a union because it it threatens their power structure. And if their power structure is threatened, like, cause we're talking about like even a large company only has maybe 10 to 15 tops, like core executive leadership team that's benefiting the most from the success of a company. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, that, that corporation probably has thousands of employees. So, if the thousands of employees become sentient, right? Like that's a problem for those 15 other people, right? right. Because that means that their, whatever their, their salary is threatened, their bonuses are threatened, or just the things that allow their, their lives to be better 
off of the backs of the thousands of people. You don't want a union fighting that because a union fights for employee rights. Um, and a company foundationally does not. HR is not there for its people. It's there for the company, right? Right. It protects and the HR company. department is not there to protect, to protect you. Um, you should always seek outside counsel, right? So, um, like, of course, there there's this there's this battle of you know of don't unionize you can't unionize unionizing is not good, um, but it's never the people saying that it's never like you know Bob in accounting being like no we shouldn't unionize, right like that's never the person saying that it's always somebody else with executive in front of their title somewhere, them saying no you shouldn't unionize, um, and there's a very clear reason why that 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 battle is there and it's why it doesn't exist in most situations like these unions that exist for like blue collar workers have existed for decades and decades because they once fought for this right to have that to protect their jobs right and protect their um you know the money that they make so uh yeah i mean it would be great for workers everywhere to have unions that protected them um but Again, we're talking about America and we're talking about capitalism. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. So, you know, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe the employees of Blizzard can make it happen. I, I would say that Blizzard would fucking would shrill up and die before it would actually happen. That's and wild. it would just, it would just rebrand to something else before they would let that happen, to be perfectly honest with you. Cause that's a, that is a slippery slope sediment to happen in the gaming industry. Um, yeah, if it happens with Activision Blizzard, oh my god, dude. Yeah, forget it. It's over. They're massive. It's, it's, I mean, and, and and by over, I mean a good thing for for yeah, workers, over, but over for the status quo. Yeah. Yes, yes for sure. Yes. Yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm well, uh news has been coming out like every, every day. single day yeah. about yeah. this. So, mm -hmm. I'm sure it's not done. This has not slowed down by any means. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll you'll where it goes. you'll keep us appraised on the daily reset every day. I will on yes. uh, every morning the emerging gamer every morning, services. Uh, about roughly eight minutes. Get your news updated to you. In just a few minutes every day with me, your host, Trip Zero. The daily reset. It's a different show. If you don't know, <laughs> you haven't picked up on that. It's, it's a different, different show. That it's I do. a different show every day. Like and subscribe. Um, yeah, so everybody, thank you for listening to tonight's episode. You can find me on Twitter at lock underscore key. Um, yeah, I've been streaming again, probably about two to three nights a week. Um, so you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lock and key, all spelled out, which is what you see here on the um, on the Twitch channel right now. But follow me on Twitter at lock underscore key. I always tweet out when I go live um, and stop by for, for some FPS action. Some other games uh, are coming in and out of the stream as well. Um, so yeah, please, please stop by uh, Neo. Where can they find you? You can find me at Twitter at Neo underscore Yoshi and twitch.tv slash Neo Yoshi. Um, I'll be back next week streaming some things. I I'm still, I keep staring at my steam library, looking at, looking for games to play. I don't know. I don't know what, what seems interesting for me to stream right now, which is kind of where I'm at. Um, but I'll be back and I'll be bringing my toys with me. That's a uh, PT reference in case you were wondering. Trip. <laughs> um, I am Trip Zero. Thanks to you guys uh, again for listening. You can find me on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash TV. I stream Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. We're currently playing through Skyward Sword HD. 
Uh, and then sometimes later on at night or sometimes uh, for the whole stream, depending, we'll get into some of our favorite MMO or service game action, which, you know, for me is pretty much either Destiny 2 or Final Fantasy 14. A lot more 14 on the stream as just the culture has warmed up to it. So you can expect that to shake things up outside of our uh, single player content. Check it out. Absolutely. See you next week. Later, guys. Later. about to start almost didn't hit record but we're good we're good oh god that would have been okay okay that would have been a felix yeah Yeah. everyone's entitled to one of those though so for sure you think you kind of fucked us for the future now you should have not noticed it oh shit we're gonna have a way more important recording we're gonna fuck up it's fine just kidding you're gonna do great forever all right you ready